This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. Steering the podcast ship through proceedings this week is myself, Dean Atkinson, and joining me on this voyage of all things Sky Blue are Andy. Good right, Dean, mate. Hey, Andy, and Ross is with us this evening. Hi, Dean. Hi, Andy. Chaps, welcome aboard. Another action-packed week for the Sky Blues, obviously. And in fact, an action-packed month. Um, if we look back, we're six games in, in 19 days, concluding with matches against Huddersfield in the week and Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend. Obviously, we'll come on to both of those games in a little bit more detail shortly. But Andy, I'll come to you first. What's your overriding thoughts on how things have gone so far this month? Yeah, pretty decent, uh, Dino, to be honest. Apart from yesterday's... Uh disappointing result I think uh, over the month it's been okay what were we obviously not over the month but we were eight unbeaten until uh, yesterday weren't we so um, you know what eight unbeaten and we lost yesterday so you know all in all uh, not too bad Dino and Ross you've got to be pretty happy with how we've responded after that international break a run of eight games obviously unbeaten and a good return of points going into a crucial month Oh, exactly. And I think, you know, we all agree our aim is to survive. So every point, even every draw is is vital. And we sort of went into that international break sort of, I don't know, a bit of mixed emotions because I feel like we'd played quite well in those two games leading to it, but we'd thrown away points, haven't we? So I I feel like we're a bit dejected, but we've come back. And I mean, you can see by the the stats, you know, defensively a lot more solid. And yeah, you cannot complain. We've picked up good wins when we've needed to. We've picked up good points when we've not been able to win. And um yeah, it's just a shame about about Saturday, really. But it's been a good good response. Yeah, like you say, we were down in the doldrums a little bit, weren't we, in, from that international break? But you know, the response has been fantastic, and the attitude, I think, uh, of the players has been first class. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it just shows to get. We, we saw it last year how tight knit the group is. 
And I think, again, it's just shown that they are, even the new players, they're sort of bedded in. They've had that time together now. And you can see them, they're all on the same uh, sort of hymn sheet. And I think Robbins has got a, a good tune out of them. And, and the experienced players are helping to sort of guide us through and get these important results. And from some positive news, obviously, to some really, really bad news we got in the week. Um, our captain, Liam Kelly, will be missing for the majority of the remainder of the campaign. And it's going to be a huge loss, Andy, isn't it? Yeah, massive because our, our squad is is thin at best, isn't it? So to lose an important player like Kelly is going to be a huge loss. Um, but it's somebody else's gain, isn't it? Um, ben Sheaf was brought into the club to obviously be that replacement for Kelly. And he needs to um, stand up and be counted now, doesn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He's 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 the guy now that has to stand up, you know, mm. take it by the scruff of the neck, and, and make that position of his own. Because we, we, you know we can't go with without Liam Kelly for for too long. I, I would have thought, and you know he's getting older, so mm. you know Sheaf's there to replace him effectively, isn't he? Yeah, it's a massive opportunity for Ben Sheaf, and there's a lot of knockers about him. Um, and I don't think it helped that he was sat out a few games and then came back a bit rusty, didn't he? Um, but I think there's a player in there. I really do. And I, I think he's a decent player. And um, I thought he played OK on, uh, against Sheffield Wednesday, a bit better. So hopefully a run of games will help him settle in and, and prove what, what Talon Arsene Wenger always thought he was. Absolutely. Um, and we'll move on to that first game now that we had without the skipper in the side um, mm. up against Huddersfield on, on Wednesday evening. Uh, let's start with the stats, Andy. How did those look? Yeah, I was quite impressed with Huddersfield. Don't know what you thought, Dino. I thought they were quite a decent side. I thought they were. I thought I was quite impressed with them when I watched them. I didn't know too much about them before I watched it on the red button, and I thought they were quite a good football inside. But the stats say that as well. They we only had forty-two percent possession. Um, they also had four hundred and ninety-nine passes compared to our three hundred and seventy-nine attempted passes. So it shows that they kept the ball a lot better than us, which I thought they did. To be fair. Um, the amount of shots were similar, six versus six. Um, defensively, we won more aerial duels than them. We had 15 they, against their 10 and interceptions. They had 20 interceptions against our 15. But I think the overall uh, about the stats on that is that I thought they were quite a good uh, possession team. And, and I thought I was quite impressed with Huddersfield, Dean. Yeah, they're well coached. And there's something yeah. we spoke about last week. They, this was probably going to be the the tougher of the two games mm. um, and it, it all bowed down to, you know, could we deal with them in possession for, for the majority of the game? And to an extent, I think we did that uh, with mm. our team selection, Ross. Um, it's brought a lot of criticism from fans, hasn't it, this year? And it's probably one of the most contentious uh, ones of the season, um, looking back at the campaign and, and looking on people's thoughts on social media. But what were your thoughts on how Robin set us up for that match? Well, I think we've, as Coventry fans would come this season, the question is always, are we playing three or four at the back or are we going to play one or two up top? Obviously, we'd beat Wickham on the on the weekend prior and we all thought it was going to be pretty much the same team. Obviously, ideally, we'd have kept it unchanged, but of course, Liam Kelly got injured. So we knew that Ben Sheaf was most likely going to come in, which he did, and he was sitting alongside uh, Gustavo Hamer in midfield. And the other change was Jamie Allen coming back. You know, He's not even played as a sub in, in recent games. And he came on for Jordan Shipley uh, against Huddersfield. And I think the other thing was, as soon as you saw the team, you thought, well, we're one up front. And my, my biggest fear initially is, is our lone striker, whoever it might be, Tyler Walker, Godinola in the season, are they going to be isolated? And I, I just felt like, again, 
he, he was isolated for so much of the game. And then obviously as, as the game went on, he, he took Tyler Walker off and put another striker on, Biamu. And then exactly the same thing happened again. He was isolated. Um, and I, so I feel like, I don't know, it's the biggest discussion point, isn't it, for all of us on Sky Blues Extra and commentary fans, that should we go one up top, two up top? And obviously on this game, he opted to sort of try and pack the midfield, didn't he? Yeah, and I think each game is going to be different this year. It's not like in League One where we could kind of play our way out and play the same system each each week and know we were going to be better than the opposition. I think this season, you know, teams are more tactically aware. You know, they're, they're, they're seasoned vets, of, effectively. They know how other teams are going to set up and, and it's about countering those. But saying that, I mean, I thought we started this game pretty well. You know, we had some really nice link-up play. McCallum was involved early. Uh, but what was most impressive to me was that high press and intensity. And I thought the likes of Jamie Allen and, and uh, O'Hare brought that to the table in this game, uh, putting pressure on the Huddersfield back line. Um, and that's something that's happened to us a lot this season. What were your thoughts on how we started, Andy? Yeah, again, I was like like you. I thought we were really um, on the front front on the front foot, and we really pressed them really well. I thought, like you said, uh, O'Hare and Allen were really good at pressing them and got the ball back. And just a special mention to O'Hare, I, I love how he comes back into the defensive areas and wins the ball back with a nice slide tackle, and that's really good endeavour by Cal O'Hare. And you don't get many number tens doing that. No, to be you fair, don't, do you? and he does it regularly. He doesn't mind getting stuck in, does he? And um, he does both both roles really well and um and I was quite impressed with that you know when Alan's name was mentioned you know on the on the score on the uh, team sheet I was like oh yeah not seen him play since the start of this season and he was poor wasn't he but again I thought he was good I thought he was really neat and tidy in possession he didn't look like he'd been missing a few games his touch was really good so um no I was impressed with the start and you know Hamer had a couple of opportunities from long range that was you know sailed over the bar but no I was impressed with the start against Huddersfield Dino yeah, like like you say, Alan obviously missing for for a good period of. Didn't of this show campaign. it though, did he? Dean? No, absolutely not. No, I, I I I always thought this was the type of game he could come in and have some involvement in because he's busy. You know, he's hooey. He can you know make people make mistakes. And I thought with Huddersfield having a majority of the possession in this game, it's likely the ball is going to fall to him at some point. And it's just about what he could do with the ball in possession. Um, but you know. That was our downfall all night. I didn't think we did well with with ball ball at feet effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and another person who you know is coming to the side recently is is Ben Wilson since the horrific injury to to Marco Morosi. And I think he's looked really good in between the sticks. And and Rossi made a superb one handed save, didn't he? Which which just kept kept us in the game effectively. Oh, absolutely. I, I I've been so impressed with him. To be fair, I, I think hats off to him. I, I think he's been faultless. Really, I mean. It was never a penalty, you know, against Norwich. Um, and he's, he's, his kicking's been ever so good. And, and you're quite right. That was a really good save uh, because that was, obviously, I'm sure we'll get on to uh, the, the, the golden chance that they had uh, shortly. But that, that was a big save But prior to that. And it, he just, he, look, he looks really confident. Again, he's someone who you could sort of forgive making a mistake because he, when was the last time he played, you know, prior, yeah. prior mm-hmm. to the injury? I mean, it's been so long. I've been... I've been so impressed with him, and I think there's bits about his game that actually are quite comforting. Like he, he will come for crosses. I you thought know, you were um, going to say Ross better than Marco. Then oh. steady. I thought oh, no. you were. You were no, going to. <laughs> no, I was. No, I was going to say. You no, were going. I, uh, well, I was, well, the thing is, I, I guess uh, I, I, lo- I, lo- I love uh, Marco, but I, I guess there's bits you um, 
you notice the difference when you've seen a keeper every game for, I don't know, all of last season and then most of this season and then suddenly there's a change. You, you notice the habits. Because I always thought maybe it was a tactical thing that Marco Morosi always stays on his line. But but Wilson came in, I remember against Cardiff, he just like ran out of his goal and caught a cross. And I don't know, I, I, I feel like, he, you know what, he's not he's not let anybody down. He's been, no. if anything, he's saved us. You know, he made big saves on the weekend as well. And, and in this game, he, he well, really, the, our clean sheet was down to him, really. Yeah, and you know, in the build-up to that, we've mentioned him before, Ben Sheaf, um, and unfortunately, I've got to lay a little bit of crit- criticism to Ben at this point. Um, I thought he was trying to be too cute in possession. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a case of get rid of it or, or play that simple pass. And it's something I want to ask both you gentlemen: Do you think Ben Sheaf thinks he's too good for the championship, knowing his upbringing? Um, well. He shouldn't because he was at Doncaster last year, wasn't he? Was it? Didn't Doncaster? I've heard a few Doncaster fans criticise Chief for the same sort of thing. Yeah, bit lazy, bit slow on the ball. You know, um, does that come from his upbringing though? Probably. Yeah, he probably thinks he's used to playing under 20, 21 football where he's got all the time in the park to ping it left, right, and centre. But in the Championship, you don't have that. It's relentless. People are on you straight away. But it's a learning curve for him, isn't he? He's only very young, isn't he? And you know, who's you know to learn under someone like Robbins and Adi Vivash, you know, I think he'll he'll learn quickly because they won't stand for that kind of play. On and the attitude basis. as well, isn't it? The attitude's got to be, you know, mm. got to be there, hasn't it? You've got to work yeah. hard, haven't you? Mm. You know, and yeah. I think, like you said, um, I, I think you know he's young and he's going to improve. I don't necessarily think he thinks he's too good. I just think he thinks sometimes he's got far more time on the ball than he actually has and mm. it's some and it comes across like he's sort of being quite lackadaisical um and it's sort of a bit frustrating because you know you, you're so used to Hamer sort of just busying around and, and telling no nonsense sorry Ross do you think it's because of that game he started really well he, he won our player of the month didn't he Dino and yeah. then he had a few games out didn't he because obviously Liam Kelly came in and now he's come back in again and he's just getting up to speed of the game instead of thinking he's got too much time. Do you think that's a, a point, maybe? I mean, potentially, you know, there's lots of players in that sort of position where it takes them a little bit of time to get back up to the speed yeah. of things. Um, not even just at the Championship, but that that happens in the Premier League as well. Mm. So that might be something to, to do with his, you know, his dip in form as such. Yeah, I just think he looked better against Sheffield Wednesday and I think that um, maybe a run of games now with now Kelly's, he'll, he'll start finding his feet hopefully, fingers crossed. I, I agree with that. I thought against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, I think he looked sharper. You could already yeah. see, it's almost like he'd blew away those cobwebs. I thought against Huddersfield, yeah. he was like, I don't know, I, I, I agree with you. I think there is definitely a player there and I can see what Mark Robbins sees. You know, clearly we were after him for quite a long, a long, a long time in the summer. And I do see it in glimpses, but also there's those little moments which almost just let he lets himself down in those little moments. And I think if he can eradicate those little sloppy mm. moments, then I, I, I really think we've got a really good player. Because I assume as, as long as we stay in the championship, he'll be our player in the summer by the sounds of this obligation to buy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do I do see a player in there. I agree. I, I think I think Sheffield Wednesday was better. Like I think he looked a bit fitter, looked a bit sharp, a bit quicker around the pitch. Um, and I guess that's the only criticism, I think. And I did see Doncaster fans saying this, actually, when we signed it. They, they thought sometimes it was a bit laboured, you know, almost like the closing yeah. down side. But I, I think he, he looked better, yeah, and hopefully he just keeps improving. Well, let's hope time, time will tell with, with Ben Chief and hopefully he can 
you know, mesmerise us later on in the season and, and potentially win us some matches. But, you know, from, from one, you know, match, potential match winner to, to another in, in, in bear, well, Ben Hamer or Gus Hamer, depending on what commentator you listen to. <laughs> um, and obviously from that resulting corner that, um, you know, Ben Wilson had, had, had saved, we broke at real pace, didn't we? And we were lucky not to go 1-0 up ourselves. Just couldn't control that strike, could he, Andy? No, classic counter, wasn't it? It was great, you know, away from our, well, from their corner kit, wasn't it? Um, you know, nice layoff by Allen. That was really good. Um, and then Callow Hare ran forward and then put it, put it on a plate for uh, Gus Hamer. And unfortunately, it just grazed the bar because that would have been some goal, wouldn't it? Um, it was, you know, back to front in 10 to 15 seconds flat, wasn't it? It was fantastic total football by the Sky Blues. And Sky... <laughs> Just thought Hamer could. He went for the first time finish. I yeah, thought he could have controlled it. Couldn't, mm. I thought he could have took a touch and dragged it back the other way. Yeah, so much you know, time to. I thought he took a touch and revert. Yeah, knock it ahead and reverse it. But he went. You know what Hamer's like, though, isn't he? He's just total Holland kind of quality football, and he just want his eyes lit up when he could have hit it first time, and he, and lucky that it scraped the bar. Excellent football by the Sky Blues. I suppose Clive was pretty happy Ben Hamer wasn't in goal for, for Huddersfield because I mean he could have got absolutely chaotic at, at times for, with the commentary. I mean, didn't um, you know we were playing Huddersfield. I mean, that'd be the question, wouldn't it? No, it's probably another League Two side or non-League side like the other week. Um, but bless him, bless bless Clive, and uh, you know hopefully he'll get it right in the future. Um, but you know Ross alluded to it earlier on. There was a huge, huge opportunity for Mbenza. Uh, with pretty much an open goal at his grasp, but put it wide and obviously a poor finish. But I've got question marks over some schoolboy defending there, Ross. Oh, well, yeah, the, the defending, I watched it back again and I just thought, I don't know, it was like a, I would say like a knife through butter, but there was just no butter there. It was just like, <laughs> no, it was just... Uh, I can't believe there's no butter. Uh, there, was just, there was just a <laughs> knife through thin air. That's what I just thought, what is going on? I mean, you sort of pause it when he's, you know, about to either what, take the shot and you're thinking... I thought it's certainly a goal. It's just a question of whether he's scoring, whether he's laying it across to his mate to tap it in. Yeah. Um, I mean, had he let squared it, I, I, I think ninety nine point nine percent chance he'd have scored. But um, yeah, the defending. I, I feel like we just in that moment our our defence and then Sheaf as well. We there was a weird like jagged line. There there was no sort of our sort of positioning was poor in that moment, and they just sort of sliced through us. Um, but I feel like that was the only because obviously you know Wilson made a good save earlier in the game. But I thought that was more sort of you know them getting a shot away. Whereas that, that was this was the one moment in the game I thought, yeah, that was a bit dodgy defending. Like that that was really poor. But yeah, luckily, panic set in, didn't it? I think that's happened a few times this season. But you know when something happens at pace towards our back line, we panic and we can't deal with the situation. And we've got away with one here, but it, you know we haven't got away with it in in other games. And that for me is a is a huge question mark. Well, I agree, and. I, I tell you though, I want to give a bit of credit to. I think Ben Wilson actually did. You know, he did as good as he could have done in that situation as well. Like he actually forced him reasonably wide. Obviously, you still expect him to score. But you're screaming, that, "Please, not another penalty!" Aren't you? Surely. Well, and I think he learned. He was very good because he sort of like came out, didn't actually make the challenge, and it forced the guy to sort of. Maybe he was in in a way anticipating, you know, a, a challenge to come in, and and obviously he missed it. But I agree. It's those little moments in games you just think, is that because we've switched off? Um, you can't quite put your finger on it, can you? No, you can't. And, you know, the rest of the game was pretty uninspiring, wasn't it? It sort of, uh, it was just, it was just null of any ideas. But although we did have a huge chance towards the end of that game, didn't we? Uh, 
you know, great work by Dabo, which was probably the only piece of good work he did all game. And, and Biami was involved after he was brought on. But it just didn't go for us, did it, Andy? No, um, it didn't. And it was so unlucky. But I put your point on about Dabo. I thought he was awful all game. I thought he was really poor. And I don't think he was particularly good yesterday either. And um, with that formation we played, just going on to back to the formation issue and the, the, the question mark about the formation, if you play in that box midfield like we did last year, last season, we were so good because Dabo was so good and McCallum was so good. And because those two are not particularly, in my opinion, are not playing particularly that well at the minute, that doesn't help the lone striker. So yeah. that that's a, that's a problem regarding the attacking-wise, and that's why why uh, the lone strike has been so isolated recently. But going back to the, the chance, yeah, Dabo, this is, yeah, he did really well closing down. And like you said, that's probably the only thing he did well all game. And he put it on a plate for Biamo and he just couldn't wrap his leg around it. It just like hit his shin and then he was going towards the post. Did it hit the post? Did it? it did hit the post, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just it just came off the post and, yeah, it was so unlucky. But I thought it was in. You know, and I thought it was over the line, and you know, unfortunately, no VAR in the championship. But I don't think it was. But yeah, unlucky by Biamo. But uh, no, that was decent play by Dabo uh, on the night. But I suppose Ross, we've got to be happy with a point. You know, a clean sheet, and it extended that unbeaten run, didn't it? Oh well, yeah, absolutely. I think I would have took a point before the game actually, because I, mm-hmm. I agree with Andy. I, I don't think Huddersfield. I think they're a good side. I think their position isn't totally sort of accurate. I mean, I, I think. Because they like to play out from the back and keep the ball. I think there's games they've lost this season, which really has just been because almost what we did, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot. And I think they've done that a few times this season. So I think um, I think a point was definitely a point gained. Another clean sheet. Um, and yeah, like you said, extended the unbeaten run. And we'd almost got into a bit of a pattern, hadn't we, the last few weeks of drawing our midweek games and picking up three points on, on a Saturday. So obviously yeah. I was hoping that was going to be the case this weekend but uh, alas it, it didn't happen <laughs> yeah not to be but you know at the end of the day if you haven't got that edge to get a result I suppose then don't lose and and that should probably be our mentality for the rest of the campaign Andy shouldn't it yeah definitely yeah if you can't win uh, don't lose um, like I said at the earlier the piece I thought Huddersfield were a good side I was impressed with them it showed didn't it the weekend they went to beat uh, Watford 2-0 didn't they the weekend comfortably so yeah. they're, they're a good side Huddersfield and um I was quite happy with a point after the game, to be honest. And yeah, it shows that mentality that if you can't win, don't lose. Right, we'll move on and end that with the man of the matches. Uh, Ross, man of the match for you? Oh, against Huddersfield. Oh, probably, um, I, I'd probably give it to uh, Hamer. I, I think, yeah, I think he was our best player on the day. He looked lo- most likely like probably setting himself up for a goal, I think, uh, you know, assisting and scoring his own goal. So, yeah, his energy I, I, levels were through, through well, the roof, weren't they? I, I think he was on a different level. Like, I think I think both our sides were in a bit of a lull and he just stood out by a mile because he just had that energy. So I'd go Hamer. And Andy? I was going to go for Hamer because Ross has gone for him. I'm going to go for <laughs> Wilson. Goalkeeper's union. I thought um, he uh, his two saves from uh, Impenza and it was Pritchard at the end as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Got us a point, really. And uh, when, you know, two big saves at two big times. So I'm going to go for Ben Wilson. And I suppose uh, a down point was was Hamer getting that yellow card at the Oof. end of the game and that meant suspension. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure where people thought two, two games no. suspension was coming in. And, you know, you think Mark Robbins, having managed 501 games now, 
he would know the rules by now with his suspensions. And he, he even thought it was two games. Two, but, yeah. Um, I don't know where that's come from. Uh, but it, alas, it's only one. Uh, and he did miss Wednesday, uh, Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, but that was a real, you know, sore point, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, Dean. It was, what, getting a, a yellow card for a shot. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah stupid. great. Yeah, it sums up the referee and standing yeah. in the championships. It's our free kick. Ball. I thought it was our free kick. Yeah, yeah. At the time. I, I can yeah. believe it that he gave a yellow card. I mean, I, he's, his discipline. I mean, he, there's no way he'd have got through the game against Wickham and the game against Huddersfield without a booking <laughs> earlier on in the season. You know, he was mm. a bit of a loose cannon. And I, I, yeah. I thought he actually managed himself so well. And I thought it was a, it was a joke of a yellow card. It I, was. I, it's such a shame. Uh, but he's learning, so that's 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 a good thing. Um, in regards to in regards to you know his mentality in regards to going to challenges and stuff. So hopefully um, that'll be his final suspension of the season. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And moving on to Sheffield Wednesday, obviously a, a hugely hugely disappointing result to end the week and um, to to go into the Christmas break with. Andy, let's start with the stats, and I imagine they were they were heavily weighted in our favour. They were. Um, we kept the ball sixty percent possession, which is I think it was the second or third highest in the league uh, on Saturday. So yeah, we kept the ball really well. Um, we had thirteen shots compared to their twelve, but more tellingly, out of them thirteen shots, only thirty eight percent were accurate. So it just shows that we had a lot of shots, but they were in the stands, half of them were, which wasn't good at all. Um, we had a 407 attempted passes compared to their 272, which again shows our dominance on the ball. And defensively, um, we had 14 tackles compared to their 18, which is which is by the by, really, which is similar. So, yeah, we kept the ball really well, but did soddle with it. Yeah, just about. I think this was this game was just missing that X factor, wasn't it? Um, oh, yeah, and I think we were missing two two X factors: um, the Louis Walsh and Simon Cowell, if if you like, uh, in the middle of the park of, of <laughs> Kelly and Hammer. Um, we reverted back to talk front, didn't we, Ross? Yeah, we uh, obviously it was the same back uh, with the back five, if you include the wing backs in that, with Hyam, McFadden, and Ostergaard uh, in front of Wilson, McCallum, and Dabo. And then obviously the big one was the midfield. I, I looked at it and thought I, I was a bit, I was a bit worried. That it was, I just was a bit concerned. I didn't know whether we were going to go one up top again, and he was going to bring Shipley back in, or what he was going to do. But in the end, he reverted for Ben Sheaf and Jamie Allen uh, in the middle of the park with Callum O'Hare uh, behind Tyler Walker. Um, and uh, Biamu um, up front, and I just think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought of it. I just, I'm not sure. I don't know what I thought. I don't know what I thought of the t- the, the lineup. To be honest with you, um, it was sort I thought of it was a, quite safe. Because yeah. I, 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 you thought mm. with their the, their tactics, you know, when we played against Rotherham, they were a very sort of like. It, I mean, it worked. To, it worked a dream, didn't it? Um, and I don't know, in a way, I, I don't know, I just had a bad feeling about the game. I just thought, I, I think whatever team we play, missing H- Hamer and Kelly, I, th- I think that's a massive loss. Um, yeah, I mean, leaving a huge, huge gap. But saying that, I think we started pretty well again. You know, we looked to be on that front foot. Biamu carved out that chance from seemingly out of nowhere. Um, do you think you should have done better, Andy? No, it was a side foot finish. I would have liked to have seen him put his laces through it. Um, it's quite easy for Westwood, really. Shouldn't have really given away a corner, to be honest. I think he should have claimed that. Um, 
Don't, I would have liked Bielmo to put his laces through that and try to put it roof of the net. But uh, his, his play was really good before that. He robbed it off the centre-back really well. And he made the chance himself, didn't he? So fair play to Bielmo for that. Absolutely. And obviously from that resulting corner, ball came back in. And Ostergaard had a, a glorious chance, I thought. Um, his header just going wide, but disappointing that he couldn't get that on target, Ross. Oh, absolutely. I mean... He genuinely could be our top scorer this season, you know, <laughs> with actual clear-cut chances he's had. Like, not even, yeah. like, actual clear-cut chances. It's, it's crazy, really, that he's only got, what, the one goal? Um, yeah, it was it was a shame. But, again, he is incredibly sort of dominating, isn't he, in the air? You just, Ooh. yeah, I mean, obviously, he's had ones hit the bar this season, cleared off the line, going wide. And, it, I don't know, it was a shame that it didn't go in. I feel like, had we scored the first goal, Sheffield Wednesday have only scored more than one goal once the season and that was on the opening day of the season so I'd have felt confident had we taken the lead that actually we were going to get something out of the game and it was just one of those that when you see these chances going wide or Westwood making these saves you start to just wonder is it not is it going to be one of those days and Biaco coming on and Castanier coming on as well I mean I tell you (laughs) when that when that happens I, I literally was like this is it. I was like, this is, this is the end. Uh, well, I did exchange my Liam Kelly pyjamas for Jermaine Castanier pyjamas, but um, <laughs> I was kind of hoping he'd do a, a bit more, oh. if I'm honest. Oh, dear. I, it's, like, it's, it's a comedy act that you don't actually want to see on the pitch. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have a laugh about him all the time with commentary fans and like we, we, you know, we reminisce about these funny, you know, all these funny things he's done. And then he actually comes on and you go, yeah, I can totally see why he just never gets anywhere near the team, you know? Um, and it's not quite, it's not so funny when you're losing one nil and he comes on, but, uh, but yeah, it was one of those, it was just one of those days, I think. And we pretty much went full Coventry city from that point, took our foot off the gas and the, the game was pretty much in our, in our grasp. And, you know, we, we do it to ourselves all the time. We're the, the makers of our own downfall, aren't we, Andy? Yeah, we are. And I don't really understand why. Um, it just seems like you just knew this was going to happen. You know, you, you, you're in control of the game. You start it well. Then Walker goes off injured, which I don't think's helped because he's played loads of games. And I think he's been flogged to death, if I'm being honest. Um, and you just knew Bakayako coming on, Westwood starting his first game for about four years. I'm joking. The first game of the season, I mean. And um, he just knew he was going to have a worldie and they were going to win 1-0. I called it at half-time in our WhatsApp group and and unfortunately I was right. So, yeah, it was just, it was just from that moment Walker went off, it just seemed to disintegrate, didn't it, Dean? Yeah, I was going to mention the, the conversation we had at half-time because we all said... like. <laughs> This is the worst team we have faced this season. This game is so there for the taking. Yeah. But we knew what was going to happen. We went full on Coventry City. And the more the game went on and when seemingly in control of the whole situation, you knew the inevitable was going to come at some point. We gave away a stupid free kick and conceded. And that was a real, real sucker punch, wasn't it, Russ? Yeah, a really frustrating goal to give away. I, I, I thought, even in the morning, I thought... It's got one nil all over it, and it'll be a set piece. You know, just a mm. careless. I mean, how many times I feel like this season, and we've sort of in a way got away with them, but giving away silly fouls. I mean, that's exactly what Sheffield Wednesday wanted. You know, an opportunity to put the ball in the box, and and we didn't deal with it. And it, and it's really frustrating because that's one thing actually I feel like we've been quite good at defending set pieces. And I don't know, I don't know, maybe because I, I was trying to be optimistic but as soon as that goal went in I just thought I just can't see how we get I just can't see us getting back in the game I mean you know Bakayoko had had a header beforehand and 
we are in that, you know, and as Andy touched upon, you know, we were in control, took our foot off the gas and then, um, you know, sloppy tackle. Was it Ostergaard who gave the foul away? Um, yeah. And then the free kick, poorly defended and they didn't have to work hard for their goal. That's what's really frustrating. Um, can, we, can we talk about the marking, Bakayako's marking for that? He was looking the wrong way. What the... F- and and you can swear, tell that because the- McFad- McFadzine, as soon as the goal went in, McFadzine just absolutely collared him. He Good. went straight after him and started pointing fingers. And that's what was needed at that point because, you know, we can't do that. We're going... When you're defending yeah. that kind of free kick, it's man-to-man. And Bakayako... Bakayoko just let the guy go and was looking the opposite way to where yeah. the guy was and where the ball was. It was I just... would rather have Biarmu come back and mark him. Bakayoko, Bakayoko staying in the stands. Why, why is he even playing? Oh. I, I, like, I genuinely, I, I, I mean, the goal is just one thing. Maybe he was looking around thinking, oh, I'm, I'm so surprised I'm actually on the pitch. No. <laughs> Maybe he thought he on, on the bench. I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I just... I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand. And then, and then we got onto the, like the substitutions coming off. I mean, Biamu was so much better, and then yet yeah, he got taken off. Um, so I, I, I Do don't you know. Think like, there's an issue with Robbins and Biamu. The, the sub has happened, doesn't it, in the past? Because you know he was going to be booted out the door. Mm. Not only this year, but the, but last year, and he somehow clawed his way back in into the squad. But yeah, definitely something's gone on. Um, well, you I can tell so. that. Mm. Um, I, you know, the more I look at it, the more I think that you know the game was was calling for you know someone like a Wilbur Parger, the unknown. Oh. You know, a bit of pace, a bit of trickery. Um, that Sheffield Wednesday back line looked dodgy at all times oh. when we hit them with pace, and I thought, why not throw Bapaga into the mix? Exactly. You know, someone who gets the ball and will actually turn and like run at them. Do you know what I mean, he brings something different that I don't think anyone else does mm. with our team. You know, like someone who's actually can sort of glide, turn, and, you know, a bit unpredictability. We don't know much about him, let alone Sheffield Wednesday know much about him. So I agree. I, I've been calling for a few weeks, you know, throw him on, you know, this this talent that we're so sort of like, you know, impressed by, by all accounts. And it's just like, you know, what well, I'd throw him on. You, I mean, he throws on Jermaine Castanier. And I'm thinking, mm. what, short, like, I don't know what benefit, like, why does he think Castanier's got any more chance of doing something than Bapaga? I'm sort what, of... what message does that send to Bapaga as well? well you know, yeah. You're throwing on Castanier that basically is not, well, clearly not wanted at the club over a young star like that. Yeah, and exactly. And the other what the other player we I literally forget about is Hilsner. Like, you know, this Jervain, I mean, he, he, he scored, didn't he, for the under-23s the other day, Hilsner, free kick. Um, I've heard he's done. Have you? Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of it's, it's disappointing when you've not even like, it's seen this guy play. Madness, yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, it says a lot when... Because Castanier is certainly just on the bench to make up the numbers. And when he's actually coming on for 10 minutes, it's uh, it's concerning. The more I hear you guys talk, I mean, it's, it says a lot that we're, we're in a situation where we want to see a 17, 18-year-old kid, unknown talent, thrown into the mix in the championship. I suppose it says a lot about our squad depth, doesn't it? It does, but you just well, you know, you just never know, though, do you? You know, with young lads, you know, you, you know, when, you know, if they're good, if you're young enough, if they're good enough, they're you're old enough, aren't they, Dean? You know, at the end of the day, if you're losing a game to Sheffield Wednesday one 0 what's the harm of bringing him on and seeing what he can do? You know, give give someone who can run at, run at defenders. You know, give them a problem. Their defend their backline was awful all game. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they were shocking. Give someone a chance. I think he would have really... Because obviously Hillsborough's a massive pitch as well, isn't it? I think he would have had a lot of space. So it would have been excited to see instead of just bringing someone on like Castanier where you just think, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah, listen, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that was perfectly set up mm-hmm. for, for Bapaga. And to be honest, that game could have been a lot worse if, if Wilson hadn't stopped that one-on-one opportunity late on. But, you know, I think that the overall disappointing thing for me what was that it was a huge chance to effectively rule out one of the relegation spots. You know, Wednesday would have been 16 points behind, yeah. which you, you wouldn't see them overcoming because of, you know, we, we've clearly seen they're a poor team and probably the worst we've faced this season. And that says a lot when we've faced the likes of Rotherham and Wickham. Mm-hmm. And it's just so frustrating yeah. that we haven't managed to come away with a point, let alone three. It's it's really frustrating. And the way I was looking at it was, had we beat Sheffield Wednesday, then the point against Huddersfield would have looked even better. Yeah. And we'd have been on to 25 points. And the way I've been looking at it is, especially this season with some of the poor teams and Wednesday having their six points deducted and et cetera, I'm looking at it thinking we'd gone up to 25 points had we won. And I'd be thinking we are 15, 17 points away from safety. 40, 42 will be mm. enough. And, and and when you look at that like that, you'd be thinking, well, actually, you know what? We're only we're five wins away. We need five wins and mm. a few draws and we'll, we'll be safe. And I just feel like psychologically getting as close to 30 points by the turn of the year it would is is better, you know. Like you say, we just we can be in that group of teams who just start moving away. You know, had we won, we'd have gone another two points clear of Wickham. We'd have been thirteen points clear of them. We'd have gone further away from Derby and 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 Forest. And I agree. I just felt that's the biggest frustrating thing that it was an opportunity lost, and and we just we sort of gifted them a very sloppy goal. Obviously, we'll get the chance for revenge in in just a few weeks' time. But I mean, let's look at the bigger picture. You know, because it's not all doom and gloom, uh, even though, you know, it sounded like it for the past 10 minutes. <laughs> if you were given that opportunity now to, to hit Christmas with being six points clear, you know, four places above the relegation zone, you would have, would have taken that though, wouldn't you, Andy? Yeah, 100%. Like I said at the start of the pod, like, it's been a good, good December. It's been good. You know, drawing the midweek games, like Ross says, winning your weekend games, you know, it's been great. Um the only concern I have with the situation is injuries and squad depth. And if something ever happened to Hamer long term, then that worries me. Yeah. Um, big time. And that's the, the other thing that concerns me going into uh, the new year is this odd squad depth. That does worry me. Forget your formations. You can argue to the hilt about that and what's the best way, two up front, box midfield, whatever you want to argue about. I think the problem is that we need to keep the important players fit. And if we do that, we'll stay up. Ross, well, so are you feeling the same way? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. You know, especially... If you had said to me during the international break, we'd be where we are now. I'd have absolutely took it, you know, draw against Norwich away from home, beating Cardiff. I mean, you look, since they look, since we beat them, they've won all but one of their games, you know. And uh, so I think we've had some really good results. But I, I agree. I, I, I'm confident that we will stay up. Um, I, I do agree. I just think, I know Robbins has said there's no money to get anyone in. I just feel like it's just that central midfield area, which yeah. I think we're lacking. So I think Tyler Walker... Give him a chance. I think he scores. I think Matty Godden, he'll take a chance. He can score. Biamu, we know he can he can score. I just think we're missing. I agree. I just think sometimes that link between striker and midfield, we're just we're missing something there. 
Absolutely. Uh, we'll end the Sheffield Wednesday look back with your man of the matches. Uh, start with you, Russ. Who was the standout um, for you? I actually know we we spoke about him earlier in the podcast. I actually I actually thought Sheaf played quite well. I uh, I did think he was much better than Huddersfield, and I felt like he did a. I don't think he did anything majorly wrong. It was between him and Wilson actually. Because I thought Wilson again made a couple of important starts, but I'll, I'll go and give it to Sheaf because I thought actually considering he basically was the only real defensive-minded midfielder we had, I thought he did quite a good job because I don't think Alan, Alan prefers going forward, O'Hare obviously going forward. and So I, I'll give it to Sheaf. I don't think there was any great performances, but I think I'll give it to Sheaf. But yeah. Uh, are you in agreement, Andy? Yeah, um, Sheaf, because of that goal-saving challenge block. Yeah. That was uh, fantastic. And in a poor game that no one really stood out, I think just that... That incident itself deserved man of the match. I thought it was brilliant. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Right, before we move on to looking at our next opponent, Stoke, we're going to slightly break with tradition here on the podcast, which I hope you guys don't mind me doing. Uh, We're edging ever closer. You've mentioned it to that January transfer window. And with that in mind, I set both Andy and Ross a task earlier this week. And they had to choose a player from our past who's played for us in the past who they were put, who they were put into the current squad to make us a better team. So it's not necessarily their favourite player, but the one person they would think would make a difference this season. Uh, it could be for you know a number of reasons. It could be for their leadership qualities, a certain attribute uh, to fill a position, anything that your heart desires. Right, Andy, we'll start with you. Who would you like to see make a fantasy return to the Sky Blues? Well, this was a really good. Uh, task. I enjoyed mm. this. Yeah, it really uh, it wrapped my brains for a couple of days, and it doesn't take much. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really did. Didn't get a headache, did you? No, well, yeah, a little bit. I had a couple of ibuprofen with this. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it was a really good task, you know. And um, but I came to, I was thinking of leadership, like you said just a minute ago. But I thought, no, we're all right with leadership because we've got McFadsey, you know, we've got um, Kelly when he's fit. So I thought, no, I'm not going to go down that line. What I'm going down the line is someone that would get someone, well, if you're allowed in the stadium, bums off seats. And the player that I grew up with in my teenage years that did that was Darren Huckabee. Um, him up front with someone like a Bayamo, a Tyler Walker would just be ideal. He would just get the ball, and he's so direct. He would just bring us up the pitch. He would go past players, and he would get supporters off their seats. And every time he got off the ball in the Premier League, when I used to watch him, he used to rise and see what he was going to do. So um, Darren Huckabee for me, and he knew where the net was as well, Hooks did, and uh, he was an exciting, exciting talent, and I think he would make a massive difference. Imagine Hamer playing balls through to Huckabee. Oh, don't stop salvating right now. My God, it's just... Uh, Andy, wow, yeah, just you, unbelievable. Andy, did you have another one? Did you have someone else who you were considering? Yeah, I did, uh, but it was similar lines to that excitement factor. Yeah. It was uh, Peter and Love. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah, n- Nuddy, because uh, he was the same as, as Hooks. I thought he was just, you never knew what he was going to do on the ball or what he was going to do with the ball, but he was so direct and so exciting. So, yeah, that's it was either Huckabee or, or Peter and Love, and I went with Hooks in the end. To be fair, I look at Huckabee on Twitter and stuff. He could probably still do a job. He's looking in oh, fine shape. Oh, he's so fit, Absolutely. isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. looking good, bless him. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, 
He could uh, certainly probably probably quicker than uh, most of our forwards at the minute. Yeah, he's he's doing good. I think he's a great choice. Um, my only question mark is where do you think he would fit into this system? Would we have to change things up a little bit? No, I think he could play in the two up front. Yeah. What about the yeah. one up front? Do you reckon he would play oh, no. one of those? No, one of those? One of those three? He could. No, perhaps not. He could put him out wide, maybe. But no, that wouldn't really suit. But I think if we were playing the, the two up top, he'd be ideal with someone like Walker, the armor. Yeah. Because remember, he played with DL a lot, didn't he? Um, and they were ideal, weren't they, them two? Big man. Because he used to flick it on and he used to run and score. So Absolutely. yeah, I thought, I thought that if he plays in a two, we'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely brilliant choice. And obviously, listeners, you can get involved with this yourselves. Just use the hashtag SkyBlueseExtraPodcast uh, and let us know who your fantasy return to the Sky Blues would be. Uh, Ross, what about you? Who, who are you going well, for, mate? It was, it was tough. Um, so I, I'm clearly not as old as Andy. Cause I, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get to see all these. <laughs> no, to one's, no one's older as me. Um, so unfortunately, I don't, I, my players, you know, I had to go for, in the end, I went for Michael McIndoe. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, no, wow, I, uh, that would have been left field. Michael McIndoe, the man who fleeced everyone. <laughs> no, I um, unfortunately I didn't get to. Well, clearly, as you know, these legends like Hooker being that. But the person I've gone for is I. I had to think about it. There was a couple of options, but I think, as I say, I feel like midfield is where we're we're, we're sort of lacking a little bit. And there was a couple of options, as I say, but I for what he did in half a season. I want to go Dennis Wise. Oh, I was going to say, I, 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 I thought he was at, he scored goals. He led, the, he was a leader. I think him and Hamer, I think about them being there. He, you know, he scored some like six goals, that overhead kick and uh, against Hull. I, I, I just thought he was, you know, for his age as well, he was unbelievable. I think he taught so much like Michael Doyle. I remember we had him and Don Hutchison in the side. and a real talisman, wasn't he? He was, he was a talisman. And I just thought, I just feel like if you just put him into that team, he, you know, like Liam Kelly does, you know, grabs people around him. But Dennis Wise, just footballing wise, he was on such a another level. So I'd go Dennis Wise. The other option I was thinking of, if I'm allowed to say, uh, was I was thinking of like a. I feel like O'Hare sometimes so much weight is put on his shoulders to to be that sort of diminutive player, and I I almost thought Jay Tab, a, a, a Jay Tab, you know, someone yeah. who could run with a ball and solid. Or Prime McSheffrey, he was my hero, you know, before we sold him to Birmingham. Uh, he was like my hero. And uh, I, I remember I was devastated when, <laughs> when we sold him. But uh, I'd probably go Dennis. I'd still go Dennis Wise because I just think he would just command and, and run that midfield for us. Because like I said, I think we've got players who can score goals. I think defensively we've proven we're good. I just feel like he could just be that midfield general. He would score goals. He could assist. He was creative. He was He was everything Dennis Wise, I thought. Absolutely. And you make a good point about Jay Tab there. You know, he was a, a real good performer for this football club. Um, he was very consistent, wasn't he? Um, he was one of those players that you'd always get the best out of him. You know, you'd always give a seven out of 10 performance. And although he didn't hit probably the heights he, he probably should have, uh, he was a solid, solid individual but for the Sky Blues. He, he, he won player of the season, I think, in, in, in one of the years. And uh, yeah, he was. I just thought he was so consistent. Like you say, he, he was always a minimum seven out of ten. He'd get you some goals. He just he was a more than more than solid like championship player. And I, I feel like yeah, but I'd go Dennis Wise first. But Jay Tab was the other thought that came into my head. Yeah, I think the Dennis Wise shout is is particularly good. And I, d I don't know 
you know, when when you guys heard he'd signed for the Sky Blues, I remember my dad telling me, and I was like, what? Dennis Wise? And, you know, it just lifted the whole city, I thought, as well. Um, you know, not just the football team, but it kind of lifted the city. A bit like the way the, the Joe Cole signing oh, yeah. a few seasons ago, it, it just gave a real big boost to the club, didn't it? Yeah, 13, got 13 appearances, six goals for You know, and, he, and he's made and he's made a brilliant impression, not only on, on Sky Blues, but on Ross to, to pick mm. him as his fantasy return oh, player. Yeah, honestly, I, I thought, I, I'll never forget there was a game against Leicester and uh, he was getting hurled this abuse. Um, it was near the end of the season, we drew one all, it was just before the World Cup and Stern John was scoring loads of goals at the end of the season and it was the first year at the Rico and I remember... It was one all, and and they were hurling this abuse at him, singing Dennis Wise, you know. And uh, then do you top... know why the reason why they did that, Ross? I, I, I well, do you remember I... what he did to because he was at Leicester, weren't he? He was, um, yeah. And he went to, um, I think it was a pre-season, wasn't it, uh, La Manga? And he, <laughs> they were playing cards, and he it was Callum Davison. He filled him in, didn't he? And he got sacked, yeah. for smacking him one, didn't he? So, uh, oh really? That's yeah, the reason for it. Oh, wow. yeah. Just a that... bit, yeah. Uh, that's well, that's interesting because I was there and I remember this cross came in and I was, I was quite young still at the time and he did his overhead kick and it hit the bar and I remember thinking he was on a yellow card I remember thinking if this goes in he's going to get sent off because he's going to do some sort of celebration you know and he just like you said um, you know he, he just gave you that excitement you know you felt like you had like a sort of a real star caliber player on, on the pitch and I, I I mean he really came in and, and he's the one who really made us finish eighth that season you know under Mickey Adams Um he he was brilliant. So yeah, he'd be the person I'd bring back in January if uh, if, if Santa's listening. That's who I want. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. I think both those players would do an absolute sterling job for this for the Sky Blues, and effectively they would push us both up the league. No question about it. And do you know yours? Have you got one, Dino? Well, I um I was torn in two minds with both what Andy said was it a you know a person to get the bum off seats uh, or the talisman. I'm going with the talisman, um, and I'm going with Gary McAllister. Yeah. I, you know, leader personified, you know, he would score the unbelievable goal. Um, I, I, I still remember the volley, the sound of that volley. Um, was it against Leeds? Derby. Derby. The sound of the, the sound of that ball hitting the boot, it, it just reverbs in my brain sometimes. I just remember the sound and the crowd was just, the roar was just incredible. Um, it's one of my early memories as a Sky Blues fan, but incredible performer, leader you know great goals um tenacity skill as well sometimes getting out of really really difficult situations with three blokes around him great set pieces as well yeah you know turn on a sixpence create something out of nothing just an incredible all-round player and he boosted everybody in that team no doubt about it and i think if you look when he went to liverpool he made Mm. liverpool an, an even better side and you know Gerard Houllier passing away a few weeks ago. The story of, you know, him scoring that goal against Everton in the in the Merseyside derby, and and that being one of Gerard's you know big moments in charge of Liverpool. And that was the type of player he was. You know, he could lift, you know, a club, a team out of absolute nowhere. And I think that's what he, that's what we need. We need someone to take this by the scruff of their neck and say, you know, come on, let's let's stay in this division. Let's do something because you know we've got talented players in our in our team, mm-hmm. and I think someone like McAllister would just bring everybody up to to another level. 
Great call, Dean. That great call. Yeah. He's just he's just a really really top class player, and I'm really interested to see what all the listers are going to choose as as their as their fantasy player um, and who they want Santa to bring back to to the Sky Blues at Christmas. Hopefully, you're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Next up for the Sky Blues is obviously our Boxing Day feature uh, fixture versus Stoke City, and we were kind of hoping it was going to be that first chance for us to be there in person at St Andrews to, to cheer the lads on. But alas, with, with no movement in that tier system, it's obviously not going to be the case and it's looking more likely that we probably won't get to see them at all this season, which is which is disappointing. So it's another day on the sofa with a plate of leftover turkey sandwiches and going up a side, up against a side that is safe to say is underachieved over the last few seasons, in, in my opinion, and especially with that squad of their, at their disposal, Ross. Yeah, I mean, they've got an unbelievable squad and Michael O'Neill obviously came in at the back end of last season and he sort of turned their fortunes around. And as you say, they, they have underachieved because ever since they got relegated from the, the Premier League, they their aim has obviously been to try and get back up. But they he's got them a, a style of playing. They made some big signings in the summer. John Obi Mikel, you know, we, t- we talk about like Dennis Wise and those sort of names, you know, John Obi Mikel, I mean... Premier League winner. Premier League winner, I mean... But I think they've got a few injuries at the moment, uh, Stoke. And despite that, they they are very hard to score past. Um, and I think they they've just got a very some very good players. Tyrese Campbell, I think he's probably arguably their best player. Stephen Fletcher, they've got experience, haven't they? They've got players yeah. who know this division. They know how to score, or they know how to how to do a. Uh, you talk about like, the J Tabs of this world, like getting a seven out of ten. They've got a squad of players who know how to get a 7 out of 10 every every week, basically. And I think it's going to be a very tough task. It's certainly going to be a lot harder than the last few games we've had, uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Stephen Fletcher there. He came in on a, on a free in the summer. Um, you know, huge bags of experience. You know, he's played at the top level. He's played internationals as well. Um, you know, I, I think we're missing that kind of player in our club, aren't we? Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Well, what was it? I think it's just what Fads and, and Kelly have, have maybe, you know, championship experience. I mean, you look at Biamu, no experience. Uh, and, and I feel like we do that show sometimes, you know, and I think when we come up against these sort of teams like Stoke, they've got players who've got Premier League experience, do you know what I mean? Let alone championship mm-hmm. ones. So I do feel like we, we lack uh, that's it, you know, but I guess, you know, we haven't got the funds to go out and, by Stephen Fletcher, have we? You know, uh, wages no. wise. So, obviously, yeah, they're, they're they're doing well. Stoke. They've had a few little periods. They've sort of been a bit iffy recently. Um, but it's going to be a tough game. Uh, it's just a shame because I, in my head, I keep thinking that I'm going to the game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, it's really weird. Like I keep thinking, especially Boxing like, Day, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what it is. I keep thinking oh, I'm going to the game on um, on <laughs> a Saturday. I, I, it's it's heartbreaking. But uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a really tough game. Stoke are a good team. Um, again, yeah, their aspirations will be to, to, you know, to get top six, won't it? You know, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, with the players they've got, as I say, Tyrese Campbell, he's very, very dangerous, um, top scorer, and you know, they're, they're, like I say, they're very hard to break down. They've got one of the most clean sheets, you know, in in the country. So it's not going to be easy. You know, if we struggled against Sheffield Wednesday, then Stoke's going to be a, a even harder task. Uh, you mentioned the clean sheets. There, is there any other key stats to be aware of, Andy? Yeah, they're not the the prettiest team in the, in, the, in the league. They like to go. I can imagine it's Stoke. To, yeah, being well, <laughs> be, being Stoke and yeah, and Michael O'Neill being your manager. Uh, they go back to front very quickly. 
Um, the long balls played, you know, 79 per game, which is the third highest in the league. That's bonkers, that. Yeah. So I can't it, imagine us never doing 79 long balls in, in a season at Coventry, to be honest. No, and these do it per game. So um, that's a key stat. So it, so hopefully, maybe, if, they, if they're going to go long, they're going to go physical. Um, we did all right against a physical team in Rotherham, didn't we? Um, so, and they like to go back to front quickly. I'm not, I'm not putting Stoke in Rotherham's category, by the way. But, um, but if they do want to go direct, then maybe that might suit our defence because we, we're quite good in the air at the back, aren't we? We clear the lines with Hyam, McFadden, and Ostergaard. We're good in the air. So, if they want to go down that way, that might suit us. And I mean, for all their firepower, I mean, one of the stats that stands out for me is how many shots per game. It's the second mm. second lowest on average in, in the league at, at nine point two. That's yeah. that's really really surprising with the the firepower they've got. Yeah, very much so. And uh, you'd think that you'd think they'd play a bit more football, a bit more flu, fluidity, wouldn't Absolutely, you? Absolutely, yeah. Than what they what they do do. So I know they're hovering just. Is it just below the playoffs at the minute? Yeah, the seventh uh, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. If I was a Stoke fan with these type of players and watching the ball go up and down in the air all the time, I don't think I'd be too pleased if I'm being honest. But you know, um, if he gets them in the playoffs or gets them to the Premier League, no one will care, will they? But. Um, Hopefully, if they uh, play that long style, that might suit us. Absolutely. And as Ross alluded to, you know, every game is a tough task in this league. We're under no illusions of that. And this Stoke team is, is definitely no exception. They're pushing for the playoffs. But one thing I've noticed is, is that they've really struggled to carve out results versus the teams at the bottom of the league. Uh, goalless draws against Wednesday, Derby, QPR, and only a 1-0 victory versus Wickham. So perhaps a little sign of optimism for us that they struggle to break down those teams fighting for survival, Ross? Yeah, I, I think so. Again, when you look at Stoke, often one goal decides their games. Um, so I feel like it's one of those where they'd fancy themselves because of how good defensively they've been. They'd fancy that if they if they took the lead against us, they'd, they'd fancy actually they could hold out for a 1-0. Um, obviously, if they can't break down other teams, that's why a lot of their games have been nil-nil. So... I think we should be optimistic. I, 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 I'm certainly not sort of frightened of them, but I, I, I certainly believe that actually we've got a whole week to actually rest now, which we've not mm, had, yeah. have we? This month it's been, you know, it's basically just been rinse and repeat the last sort of, you know, six games. We've actually got a whole week now to hopefully get fresh energy. Hopefully Matty Godden can, I mean, do you think he's going to start? I mean, I, you know. I don't think so. I wouldn't no. assume so. I don't think he's in a position, unless, unless it's like, Real intense training this week, and you know, maybe Robbins put a little white lie to say he'd only started training last week. Um, I wouldn't assume he'd be back in the fold to, to begin a game, unless you know it, 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 they might throw him in. Uh, I'd be wary. He's going to have no choice, did he? Yeah, potentially. But I would be, be fit, is he? Well, be, yeah. I mean, you've got to be wary, though. You know, you don't want to throw... If he plays, plays Biyama and Bakayoko for an I'm turning the tally off. Oh, oh we are in big trouble. If, if that yeah. is starting... I'm turning know. the tally off, lads. And I, I, also, <laughs> I, I also do not think... Um, I, I don't think one up top, Bakayoko and Biyama being that one oh, up top of themselves no. is, is good enough either. I I, I think they are better. Like, well, I say they are more Biyama, but he's better when he's got someone... Yeah. Off him, Walker or Godden. So he might have to throw. Uh, he might have to throw Godden in. But no, I, I think we should be optimistic. But it's one of those in the championship things can turn quickly. You know, if you, if you lose to Stoke and then you go to Millwall, going 
we really need to get a result now. Um, and then suddenly, before you know it, you could be on a three, four game street without a win. You know what I mean? That's how quick things can change in the championship. So we've just got to recharge, go again, and hopefully we can pick up a positive result. How typical of Cov though would it be to you know put out two really really drab performances and you know turn up all guns blazing against one of the teams pushing for the playoffs? That's Coventry City for you, isn't it? Yeah, and our home form's good, isn't it, lads? So I think you know we've got nothing to fear playing Stoke. Our home form's been really good this season. It's our away form, which is always the case with Sky Blues, has been a bit iffy. So no, I think we can go into this game. Um, especially with Hamer being back as well, that's huge. Oh, um, massive, massive, huge, yeah, yeah, and him being back. And but the thing is, I don't think Walker's going to be fit because what is, is he done his groin? It looks like it, yeah. So I mean, so that, I, how long is that going to be? Well, you know, it's going to be a minimum of four weeks. You well, Liam, Liam Kelly was Liam Kelly's his groin as well, wasn't yeah. It? So and yeah, so I mean, that's not good. I mean, no, I mean, I know. Could that have been avoided? I don't know. I don't know really how he was it in in a challenge. No, because not not because of the challenge, but how many games he's played. Well, recently. yeah, that's the thing. It just goes back to the squad situation, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it does make you wonder. I mean, I do. I mean, we, you know, obviously we're you know we're not far away from January. Do you act? Do you see any incoming business? Oh, I don't. Mm. Robin's never tells. Not, not Robin's never tells the truth, but he, does, <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> You're right. You are right. He, be- he bends the truth. Yes. Yeah, shall we say that? Yeah, he bends the truth a little bit, doesn't he, Mark? So when he comes out in the press and I put it on Twitter that they're not doing any business, you could probably guarantee they will. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't see it being a January where nobody comes in at all. Yeah. I just can't. I mean, I, I, I potentially think there might be a couple of outgoings. Um, Bakayoko, honestly, I would not be surprised. Well, Bakayoko's out of contract in the summer, if and if you're going to get money for him, so if, 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 if there's a potential to get, you know, the, even twenty five grand and a, and a Twix, I'd take it. He won't. <laughs> well, <with> Bristol Rovers. <laughs> Anything, yeah. I mean, you know, Bristol could you know, could be, you know, looking for a striker. Uh, Talking so, of contracts, can we get Liam Kelly tied down while he's injured? Yeah, that's, he's out of contract as yeah, well. Yeah, there's a, there's a few obviously out of contract in the summer, aren't they? So I yeah. think he's one of, I think there were six players, was there? He's one of the McFadzine, six. McFadzine, yeah, both yeah, of those. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it's difficult one with Biarmu to be honest. Um, Jody Jones is the other one. It's a difficult one with him as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think that's for another day, lads. To be honest, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, right, let's get a score prediction. From years uh, for this game. Let's start with you, Ross. Um, let's go 2 1 Sky Blues. Oh, optimistic. Love it. Uh, Andy? Uh, score draw 1 1. Uh, to be honest, I'd be, I'd be happy with both to either of those. Um, mm. To be honest, you know, it's going to be a tough game, uh, that's for sure. Uh, and that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we've got time for for this week's instalment. Uh, thanks for your contribution and your company as always, gentlemen. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Uh, cheers, Andy. Cheers, Dina. And listeners, do check out our partners at Shortland Horn for all the latest properties across Coventry. As always, if you want to get involved with the conversation on any of our social media channels, just use the hashtag Skybreeze Extra podcast. And on behalf of all the team at Skybreeze Extra, we wish everybody a season's greetings. Please stay safe and we will see you after Boxing Day. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast.
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.